This is the September 23rd edition of the Joy of Discovery podcast. I'm Ben Payton, and thank you for joining with us today. Troubled times. We certainly know what that's all about, and today our message speaks directly to that issue of life. My message is entitled, Sensing God in the Storm. John chapter 16. The first verse of John chapter 16 reads, These things I have spoken to you, that you should not be made to stumble. Now, go over to verse 33, the very last verse in the chapter. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Peace. The title of my message is Sensing God During the Storm. And if there's one thing for sure in this life, we are going to have some storms that take place. I think about the only people that never have any storms in their life. They've already checked in over at uh, Sam Oakey's place. Their struggles are over. I remember back in West Virginia, we had a little dog named Skippy. Skippy, you would maybe hear a crack of thunder and something that was impending, an impending storm, and he'd run in the house and get under the bed. He knew that something was on the horizon. I've got two questions that are rhetorical in nature, but I'm going to give you the answers for them. The first one is, how does Jesus prepare us for storms? And the second one is, what are the benefits of the storm or storms that we go through? Some people think, are there any benefits at all? There sure is. But let's begin here. How does Jesus prepare us for the storm? Let's look at verse 2. Jesus said, they will put you, now he's talking to the disciples, and he says, they will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me, verse 4, but these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them and these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. How does Jesus prepare us for the storm? Well, first of all, he lets us see the clouds. You know, we heard a lot of weather forecast in the last couple of weeks, but uh, we really didn't begin to take it serious until we walked outside or we opened the door and we thought, uh-oh, it looks like it's going to snow. Keep in mind, we'd had these forecasts all along and weather prognosticators have been known from time to time to miss it. You know, it's just a prediction, a weather forecast. It's not an absolute science, although they're pretty good. I had a fellow come up to me and he said, uh, it was Mark Page, as a matter of fact, he said, I was listening to your weather forecast on 3WR and it was the only one that was accurate because uh, I gave the chance of snow. 50% chance it won't snow. You see, the weather forecasters say, 50% chance of snow, and I looked at it from the positive standpoint. We, if it's 50% chance it's going to snow, 50% chance it won't snow. Amen? But there is a time that you can actually sense it or smell what's on the horizon. You ever open the door and, and hear anybody say, it smells like snow? 
sounds kind of crazy. One time I walked into my basement and I said, I smell water. And the guy made fun of me, said, who can smell water? I don't know. Maybe it was the mustiness or something. But how does Jesus prepare us for the storm? First of all, he lets us see the clouds. Why? Three things here. So that our fears will be lessened. Kind of like when you go to the dentist and he gets out this long, this long, he's going he's gonna to give us Novocaine. And then he has the audacity to say, now this won't hurt. But what they do in this day and age, they put, you know, they rub your gum a little bit and then they prick it and it's not too bad, but it kind of prepares you for the feeling that you're going to have. And so Jesus prepares us for the storm by letting us see the clouds so that our fears will be lessened. He said, you have no idea what's coming, so let me get you prepared. Let me get you ready. Look at verse 2. He said, they will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whosoever kills you will think that he offers good service. He told them what to prepare themselves for. And as Christians, I think sometimes we make the mistake of not preparing Christians for the real life experience in a relationship with Jesus Christ, because it's not a bed of roses. It is sometimes difficult. Oftentimes we're misunderstood, but if we know in advance, we can prepare ourselves for them. He lets us see the clouds so that our fears will be lessened. Secondly, so we will be secure in them. What you'll remember even more than the storm is the fact that Jesus is saying this, I prepared you for it and I told you it was going to happen. So there'll be a sense of security and you'll say, God knew all the time that it was coming. That's what he did to his disciples. Prepare yourself for it. Thirdly, he lets us see the clouds because the timing is right. The timing is right. There's a time for God to talk to us about certain things. It's all about timing, isn't it? All about timing. And these things they will do to you. Look at verse 3, because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you and the timing wasn't right. Timing has to be right. Timing is everything. How does Jesus prepare us for the storm? Did you get it? There's three of them. So that our fears will be lessened. Secondly, so we will be more secure in our storms. Thirdly, because the timing is right. How does Jesus prepare us for the storm? He assures us that he has our best interest in mind. I've had Christian people, and no doubt you have too, that have stood and said, I don't understand why I'm going through this. I've tried to do what's right. I've lived for God. I've been faithful in my stewardship and in my attendance and in everything possible. But yet I seem to have a, a very difficult storm in my life. Well, let's look at verses six and seven. I'll begin by reading verse five. But now I go away to him who sent me, who's the father, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Now listen, nevertheless, verse seven, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage. It is for your benefit that I go away. 
For if I do not go away, the helper, talking about the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Storms are for our benefit. I like to relate things to sports. I remember in high school, uh, I guess it was last week, an old football buddy of mine called me and invited me to the Tech UVA game with one stipulation that I didn't wear my UVA hat. And I informed him I didn't have one, so we got along very well. He said, you know, I'd like to get together with you and go to the ball game and talk about old times. And we can reminisce. Talk about the fun times. And I miss playing football. Today's Super Bowl. You know, big football game down in Jacksonville, Florida. But it was never as super as any of the games I played in. And, uh, you know, I, I used to look forward to getting ready for the ball games. And I remember during the summer we would work out. And we'd practice two or three times a day. And uh, if you expected to make the team, you were going to have to put forth the effort and the coach used to say, no pain, no gain. And we have to understand that the storms and the difficulties of life that we go through serve to our benefit. The Bible says it rains upon the just and the unjust. It's as if God is fair to everyone. It doesn't just provide the, the rain for our yard and then come over to our ornery neighbor that lives next to us and he doesn't rain on his yard. It rains upon the just and the unjust. In other words, there's something about life that it just comes to us naturally and God doesn't interrupt that process. How does Jesus prepare us for the storm? First of all, he lets us see the clouds. Secondly, he assures us that he has our best interest in mind. And thirdly, in verse 8, he sends the Holy Spirit to minister to us. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in him. Of righteousness, verse 10, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Verse 11, of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. We all have the Holy Spirit, don't we? When we come into relationship with Jesus Christ... He comes and takes up residence in our life. And so we have him to minister to us, to help us know what to do even in a storm, how to live, how to stay away from sin and the benefits of that, and how to treat others and how to be merciful and how to be loving and how to be kind and how to be forgiving. What else does he do? He lets us see the clouds he assures us that he has our best interest in mind. He sends the Holy Spirit to minister to us. And here's the best one of all. How does he prepare us for the storm? He gives us enough light for today. For today. Look at verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. We all are going through the process of life. We all are at, at different junctures or at different points in our relationship with God. And he gives us more guidance and more leadership as we progress or mature in that relationship. Because, you know, when we first become Christians, the Bible speaks of us as being babes in Christ, feeding upon the milk of the word. As we mature, then we progress to where we start feeding upon the meat of the word. So some of us that has been uh, in the way, so to speak, or, or, boy, that didn't sound good because sometimes you've been a Christian so long you do get in the way, uh, but has been in the relationship for a long time. We need to be much further down the road than we are. 
That's what he intends for us. But he gives us enough light for today. Let me give you this illustration. You get into your car at night after a wonderful time at a restaurant. Christians love to eat. The light shines a few hundred feet ahead. What would happen if you said, I turned the lights on. If I can't see my house, I'm not going. No, you just use the light that's available to you. You start moving the car in the right direction and the light just stays a few hundred feet ahead of you. And as you move the car, the light gives you what you need at the moment. And the Bible says that we are to walk in the light as God gives us the light. That's where we're supposed to live. And he gives us what we need for today. We worry sometimes too much about yesterday and we're anxious about what's going to happen tomorrow when we need to realize that he gives us what we need for today. As a matter of fact, today's the only thing we have. Today is what we have. Today is what we need to enjoy. Today is what matters. Someone came to me one time and they wanted to discuss various theological things. One was security of the believer and whether I believed it or not. And I said, well, that disappears in the light of this one statement. What's your relationship with Jesus right now? It doesn't matter whether you believe you're saved forever or you don't believe it. You see, there's two sides of that. What matters is right now, what's your relationship with Jesus Christ? Can you say beyond a shadow of a doubt that I've been born anew, my name's been written in the Lamb's book of life. I know that if this moment... I'm on my way to heaven. That's all that matters. We try to make it too difficult. You're not ready yet to understand everything. That's what Jesus said. It's okay. I'll just give you enough light for you to see where you are right now. Our problem is many times we make demands of God, especially when we get into this area of trials and tribulations of the storms coming on. We want to fix it right now. When in reality, we need to live in the moment with the strength that he gives us. Listen to this song and then I'll come back and finish the message. Disappear without a trace 
33 these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace in the world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer I've overcome the world because I've overcome death through the comforter and the help of the Holy Spirit you'll be able to overcome any and all storms that you have in your life isn't that encouraging amen what are the benefits of the storm I have three of them Here's the first one. Storms allow us to see ourselves. That's the most difficult thing that we have as humans 
It's the most difficult things that we have to do as Christians to be able to look in the mirror and see who we really are, what our character is, who's first place in our life. Adversity has a way of introducing us to our real self. You remember uh, St. Peter. Old Pete thought he had his act together, didn't he? But when the storm came, he just kind of blew all over the place. When adversity struck, he just went wherever he could. He said, I'm going to get out of Dodge. He woke up and thought, I don't love God as much as I thought I did. I'm not as faithful as I thought I'd be. And he didn't follow through on his promise. What did he say to Jesus? Man, I'll follow you anywhere. I'm ready to go anywhere with you. But yet when the chips were down, when the storm blew in, he was running for cover. And the storms of life have a way of knocking the props out from under us and helping us see ourselves as we really are. And understand this, storms take away all the cosmetic appearance of life. We may look at life and think it's a bed of roses, but when the storms are there, when the storm moves in, when the times get rough, then we know who we can depend on. Didn't you like that song? Sometimes it takes a storm to know there is a Savior. Sometimes it takes a storm for us to examine our priorities and what we really care about and who it is that we really love. What are the benefits of the storm? One, they allow us to see ourselves. You know, that's the purpose of church. We come to church to hear from the Word of God, to have our faith strengthened, and to look at ourselves and see where we are in our relationship with Jesus Christ. What are the benefits of a storm? Allow us to see ourselves, and secondly, storms are times of restoration. How many times have we seen difficulty and trials and tribulations and things in our life happen and all of a sudden we begin to realize what's important and we begin to kind of rekindle old friendships and we, we go to people that we need to make things right and, and we make them right, but we have to permit it. Storms can be a time of renewal if we permit it and they will allow us to do what else? Draw closer to God. Because when the props are knocked out and we realize who really is in control, we know that we have to go to Him. Benefits of a storm. They allow us to see ourselves. There are times of restoration. And here's the last one. Storms can bring spiritual growth in our life. They bring us into conformity with Christ. That's what storms are all about. They bring happiness in our Christian experience because we realize how blessed we are. I mean, haven't you gone through an illness in your life and you, you come out of that and you think, you know, thank God I'm alive. I'm just glad to be alive. Storms can bring happiness in our life. They yield the fruit of righteousness. They glorify God. They produce praise and glory and honor to Him. That's what storms should do. 
Listen, if you want to have a loud testimony for the reality of Almighty God, then turn to Him in your time of storms and trust. He'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you. He'll give you grace sufficient to see you through the storms. And people will look at you and they'll say, let's go to verse 33. Let me read it. These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. When the world sees that in the midst of your storms you have peace, it gives testimony to a higher power. How in the world can these people have peace, have happiness, have joy with all that's crumbling around them? They can only come to one logical conclusion. What's that? That God is real. It's easy for people to say, well, isn't God good when you got everything you need? But it's during the times that we're going through storms that our testimony, our glory to God can be the loudest even if we don't speak a word because your body screams with either praise and peace or it screams with anxiety and stress. People can read you. You're given a testimony whether you want to or not, not with your lips, but with your life. Hebrews 12, 11 says, being punished I'm reading from the Living Translation. Being punished is not enjoyable while it is happening. It hurts. But afterwards, we can see the results. Listen, a quiet growth in grace and character. The storms of your life, the storms of my life, serve to mold us, to bend us, to shape us, and to exhibit to others the grace and glory of Almighty God. Why is it that we look to our Savior, Jesus Christ, and we're so anxious to serve Him? It's because of the storm that He went through. You remember? They took Him from one unjust trial to another. They put a crown of thorns upon his head. They mocked him. They spat upon him. They stripped him and scourged him to within an inch of his life. They forced him down and put a cross upon him. And he had to carry it to Golgotha. And under the load of the cross, he stumbled and he fell. And someone had to come and help him. And then they laid him down upon that cross. And they drove nails in his hands and in his feet. And they lifted him, they lifted him toward the sky and there he bled and died. But it's not the end of the story. He did it for you and for me to conquer death. If I've conquered death, Jesus says, then I certainly have enough power to conquer the storms that you endure in this life. He's not dead. You remember what they said? He's not dead. He is risen. When I first began to walk with the Lord, I did not fully trust Him. How He longed for me to understand that I could. So through. Fire. He gently led 
The Joy of Discovery podcast releases each Wednesday morning. Check us out as soon as you're up, and you'll find us on all the podcast apps. They're listed on our website, benpayton.com. This is Ben. Until next week, keep it real.